I'm not sure who said it first, but I have heard the phrase that the sending capacity of your church is more important than the seating capacity. It's a mark of a great church, and I want to share today during our podcast episode 12 ways to increase your sending capacity. Welcome to the Tim Price Go Harvest podcast, where our mission is to equip and encourage ministry leaders. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it will be helpful to you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at timpriceblog.com. We'd also be honored if you would subscribe and share with others. Heading now to today's episode. This phrase struck me. It's been said that a mark of a great church isn't its seating capacity, but its sending capacity. And this really goes along with the Great Commission. It also falls in line with the trend that has been going on for a while now to build smaller worship venues with multiple services and campuses, as opposed to just a humongous auditorium or sanctuary. And the cool thing about this idea of sending capacity is that you don't have to be a huge church to send people into ministry. In fact, there might be more opportunities for smaller to mid-sized churches to involve people in ministry and to send them to use their gifts to grow the church. But any church can have a significant influence by having a sending mindset. Part of being a sending church is just to grow in the idea. So if you're listening to this podcast, I just want to encourage you that these 12 ideas that I'll run through kind of quickly are just springboards. Part of being a sending church is just being open to the idea that God might be calling you as a leader and other leaders in your midst to do something different than just huddling up and trying to keep things together in your own ministry. The truth is, the more we focus on trying to keep people growing or try to keep people staying together or try to get people back in church, the more we get focused on ourselves. And really, a true growing church is going to be a church that's focused on people outside the walls. So it's our job as a church to make disciples. And one way to do this is by sending your people into ministry to all the world. So here are 12 ideas, and I want to share these with you today. Number one, help plant another church. If there is a seed of desire in your congregation to plant another church, then begin the process of thinking about it. It never hurts to have a dream to think about how to do that. And um, there might be opportunities to help another church plant We have found that when we have sent people to help start new churches or new services in other places, the mother congregation always begins to grow in new ways. You can't outgive God. One of the best and most effective methods for reaching people is to begin a new church. And so that may not mean that you're going to just up and send a preacher and a worship team and, and plant a church, although that's also awesome, but it might mean that you are involved in supporting church plants. It wasn't long ago that we had a church, um, a campus of another church move into town. And um, some people were a little upset by that. And it's kind of an old style mentality to think in terms of geography, because so many people drive so far just to be a part of whatever church it is they want to be a part of. And so we don't need to feel threatened or worried when church plants move into our community or near us. In fact, the best step is to support them in any way you can. Number two, send people into mission. There are people being called to serve on the mission team field all the time, and we need more people. And so if there's someone in your congregation who's sensing a call to serve in mission, uh, if there's somebody preparing to go, then send them out with lots of support. 
it um, you know you've got an opportunity to help pinpoint the the invitation to them from the very beginning, starting with kids and students in your ministry, and then as adults that are connected to your church, fill their needs, send them off with a bang, support them like crazy, prayer, money, resources, celebrations, all that. And in doing this, you are sending and you're making a difference. And it's going to be a huge and amazing difference. Number three, send students and young adults on mission trips. And I know this might be one of the simplest steps and probably a step that your church already has taken if you have a student ministry uh, happening. And you may not be sending people to full-time mission fields, but these short-term experiences are going to give people an opportunity to see God at work and to experience their own gifts in their own lives. So we need to create these opportunities on a regular basis and celebrate them when they are complete. So sending students or adults on work trips or mission trips anywhere, either close by home, in your own community, or international, whatever the case is, that as we do that, it's going to increase their awareness of God's presence in their lives and in the lives of people and the church around the world. Number four, send someone into ministry. Pray for students and adults to be called into ministry. And I don't hear this as often in the church as I do at holiness camps and summer camps and conferences. It always seems like those preachers are kind of encouraging and at least opening the dialogue and giving a language to the fact that God calls people to vocational full-time ministry with their lives, their whole lives. And so we kind of miss out on that sometimes. And so for one, we want to pray for students in our church or adults to feel like their call in life is to serve in ministry as a pastor or a missionary or a worship pastor or a student pastor, children's pastor, any of those roles. And then the next step in sending is to help pay for some of that education and hoops that have to be covered and, and gone through in order to take a step and, and serve in ministry. You can make sure that you are praying for those folks and then celebrating them as they go. We've had several recently who have um, either completed a Master of Divinity degree or who have just headed off to start their role at seminary. And both times we've had parties and prayers and uh, celebrations. So by raising up supporting ministry leaders, you are influencing churches in ways that you'll never know. Like the old saying goes, wise people plant trees under whose shade they do not expect they will ever sit. And so we have people that are going into ministry and our church might benefit in some way because we are sending them, but truly the church with a capital C is going to benefit. We have no idea what type of influence is going to happen. So we wanted to be faithful with the people that we are sending. Number five, send students away to college with support, accountability, and love. One of the big transitions in life is going from high school to college, and the church can be a vital part of this. Send your students off with prayer and thankfulness and love and accountability. Visit them if you can. Encourage them to stay faithful to Christ. Help connect the church to them and help connect them to the church wherever they go. If you, um, you, know, if you have a handful of college students or just one, it is great to, to call ahead to the university or the college they'll be at and just kind of in a stealth kind of way, find out what the Christian groups are on campus or what the neighboring church is that everybody seems to go to and then plant that seed in the mind of your college student. Just say, hey, I heard about this church. This might be a good one for you to check out. Let me know how it goes. Just let them know that they don't have to move off to college and then throw away their faith for four years while they party themselves to death and just sort of set that whole thing aside until they come back home. 
And that's just not the way it needs to be. So we need faithful kids in college who are continuing to live out their faith. And another thing a church can do as you are sending your college students away is to make a big deal when they come home. So make sure that you find out the breaks and the summers and and, um, create things that they can do. At the very least, make sure you notice that they are home. Number six, remind the church that they are missionaries in their workplaces. So this is a sort of a a simple concept, but it's not taken advantage of as as a church most often. A lot of times we have high-powered people who are serving in all kinds of ways and all kinds of places as as teachers and engineers and doctors and lawyers and uh, nurses and um, workers in all kinds of fields. And then they sort of set aside their living out of their faith until Sunday morning. And on Sunday morning, they may or may not take on a role at church. They may just be there to listen and be a participant. But wouldn't it be awesome if we could start building the culture that everyone is a missionary in their workplace, that they can share their faith and just give simple tips about how to do this. And um, there are the big ways, like start a Bible study in your workplace. Like that's a, an awesome thing to be able to do. But there are other little ways, like just throwing in a couple phrases like, hey, I'll be praying for you when somebody shares a, a, a life struggle. Or another one is, man, yesterday at church, I ran into a guy that did this or that. Just that phrase, yesterday at church or Sunday at church, will kind of bring um, into mind that you are a believer, that you're a Christian, that you participate in worship. And when the need arises and the door needs to be opened, they will connect with you and you'll have an opportunity to share your faith. So we need to remind people that they're missionaries in their workplaces. Number seven, help start a new service or church campus. We um, ran through this with number one, but uh, maybe it's your church that needs to help do it, but maybe it's just to help another organization. One time our church was asked to make phone calls for a neighboring town that didn't have a church in our denomination. And it was a cool experience. They set up the whole entire get-go of all the phones around a room. It felt like a telethon. But we just called every household in that community and asked them two or three questions. And it was a really cool opportunity. Number eight, send teams to serve in the community. Every community ought to know that the church is there and alive. And this might be a pretty simple one for you to pull off. Send teams to pass out flyers or to help during community events or to be in a parade or to serve in the park or to do acts of kindness around town. Just to be present. When you send teams out to do community cleanup days or pick up trash or prayer walks around town, people are going to take notice. We had a couple things in our church recently where we actually did a month of kindness and took donuts to the police station and the fire station and stocked the teachers' lounges at the schools with refreshments one day and all kinds of various things. But one thing I remember in particular was the day that we sent out about 150 people to rake leaves down a particular pretty busy road in our community. And as all these people with rakes and bags were raking up leaves just for free, just uh, hardly without asking, just showing up, seeing the leaves and going, all the people driving up and down the road were honking their horns, unprovoked for no real reason other than they saw a whole group of people, hard to miss with that many people, raking leaves. And I thought that was just an awesome way to reach out to the community. We are sending people. And um, I uh, praise the Lord for the, the ways that the church is visible and noticed and that people realize, hey, there is a church in town that is not only talking about faith, they're living it out.
So that's number eight, and I'll do the last four after this commercial. All right, we're talking here about 12 ways to become more of a sending church. It's not so much about your seating capacity, but it's about your sending capacity. And so here is number nine. Send leaders to begin small groups and adult Bible studies in their homes. I once heard a leader in a church quip that the church has more than enough Sunday school space when you count every church member's living room. I know there's been countless times that we've hosted groups over the years and different seasons of of weekly meetings and um, young adult Bible studies and adult groups and all kinds of different things. But we need to be that type of church that doesn't just have a couple of those, but that a whole bunch of people in our church will be leaders who help share God's word in their home. There's a lot of ways to set this up and um, you can, you know, dream these up and, and make them work. But sometimes you'll have the people who are good teachers and aren't necessarily hospitable. Sometimes you have people that are great hospitality people, love to open their home and entertain and gather with groups, but aren't necessarily great teachers. So if there is a way to pair up two or three people, the hospitality person, the teacher person, and the logistics person, and then figure out a place to meet weekly or twice a month, whatever works, to gather with friends and neighbors and families in the home, the church begins to grow. You are ascending church. You don't have to worry about the church calendar or the church keys or the church building or anything. You just send people to lead in their homes. Number 10, send out care teams to visit those in the hospital or sick in need. And this is another one that is, I know, easier said than done. But when we have teams that are serving in pastoral care, it makes a difference in our church. We need to discover and develop people who have the gifts of compassion and time to care for others. And of course, this is best when somebody is already connected to some group and that group is able to help care for them. That's the benefit and the purpose, really, of community groups, smaller groups of people to know. But there's also those needs of just going to the hospital and visiting someone who is a part of our church and is in need. And if there is somebody that you can send to do that, one of the best steps to get that ball rolling is to take people with you. If you're going to the hospital as a pastor or a ministry leader, then be sure to make part of your mission to take someone with you. Number 11, and for the last two, send people to begin community ministries. Is there a food bank or a clothing thrift store in your city? Or is there some way that you are, uh, some ministry happening for adoption or for um, clothing or for uh, financing businesses or anything like that in your community? You may already have somebody in your church who does that. And one of the best things you can do is to celebrate it and pinpoint it and say, we have been uh, serving in this ministry through one of our members here. And it is amazing the tentacles that the church has out in the world in the community. And so one of the awesome things you can do as a church is to celebrate those moments and to help encourage people to serve in those roles. Counseling services, training, any of those community ministries. We want to send people out. And the last and final one, number 12, similar to the one about mission trips, send out work and cleanup teams after natural disasters. And there are probably resources in your um, state, maybe in your denomination or your association of churches, but develop a framework for people to easily become part of work teams. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be a, a big ordeal, but uh, a little bit of training, get the supplies, get in the van, and go for a weekend to a regional place that needs more hands to help after a storm. You'll be surprised who will sign up for that. And just a little bit of uh, effort and planning and heart behind getting those people together 
and um, spending a little bit of time in Scripture and the Word each night for two or three or four nights or however long you're there. And um, they're going to have a taste of what it means to show God's love to people that can't offer you anything back. They're serving and leading from the front lines, but they don't have to stand up and pray or give a testimony or do anything like that. They might have that opportunity, but there's so many people in our church who feel a little fearful of that until they have experienced something like going to serve with no strings attached. So these 12 things, sending people. Don't wait too long to send your people. If you're waiting for the people in your church to be perfect before you go, you will never go. God has long used imperfect people, imperfect planning, imperfect timing, and imperfect situations to bring about his perfect will. Grow in your ascending mindset and be ascending church. So I would love to ask you, which one of these would you sort of pinpoint today and circle to say, we're going to give this a try. We're going to get this in the works. We're going to make this happen. And when you do that, you'll be on your way to increasing your sending capacity. I want to thank you for listening to the Tim Price Go Harvest podcast. And so thankful to be connected to you. Love to have you share this or rate it and to uh, just stay faithful to God's call in your life and to continue on in the ministry that you're doing. If I can be of any help, I would love to connect with you. You can visit my blog, timpriceblog.com, and in there are several different ways to connect and different resources and posts, including this one, 12 Ways to Increase Your Church Sending Capacity. Have a great day. Thanks for listening today. We hope this has been encouraging and helpful to you. Stay in touch with us at timpriceblog.com. Until next time, keep following in the footsteps of Jesus and lifting up the name of the Lord. Thanks for your work and ministry.